Hello, and welcome to Father Son Galaxy. I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Today, we have a very special guest to help us celebrate our two-year anniversary. She's Disney royalty, an accomplished actor, author, and entrepreneur, and an inspiration to many. You may recognize her as Muffy from the Disney Channel series That's So Raven, but she's best known for voicing one of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars universe. Since making her debut in the Clone Wars feature film in 2008, she's brought to life the courageous and wise Ahsoka Tano through numerous episodes of the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, and most recently, Tales of the Jedi. Beyond her impressive career in entertainment, our guest is also a passionate advocate for equality, positive attitudes, and good mental health. She's a true role model for people of all ages, and we're honored to have her on our show today. Please welcome the amazing Ashley Eckstein. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the incredibly kind introduction. And I have to tell you a huge congratulations on your anniversary. That's a really big deal. It is a big deal. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, it was almost two years ago when we interviewed Mark Daniel. Um, he was our first guest, our very first, first guest. First person dad wanted to have on Yes, the show. exactly. I, I wanted Mark Daniel to be the first guest. And we were just so surprised at that last minute uh, recording that you did and, you know, how you, uh, you know, reached out to us and said hello and, you know, that you recognized our podcast. We never forgot that moment. Hi, Kerwin. Hi, Keith. This is Ashley Eckstein, a.k.a. the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars. And I just want to thank you for your father and son podcast because I'm a huge fan. Yes. Seriously, ever since your first episode, our friend Mark Daniel sent it to me, and I have been a fan ever since. Clearly, the force is strong with your family. And Keith, can we talk about you for a second? Because first of all, I truly appreciate your support of Ahsoka Tano, and you remind me so much of Ahsoka. You know, you are a Padawan, um, but the force is wrong with you. Now, always remember that your parents are your Jedi Masters, and you have a lot to learn in AKA school, uh, or I like to call it the Jedi Temple, um, but always remember lessons of kindness and patience and trust and friendship and loyalty and all of the lessons that a Padawan must learn before they can become a Jedi Knight. So, uh, Kerwin and Keith, again, thank you so much for your support of Star Wars and for your amazing podcast, and I hope I get to meet you soon. But until I do, may the Force be with you. Bye. We were, we were still in shock. We're still in <laughs> shock now, you know, that it's almost two years ago. But this, thank you so much for just spreading the word around about our podcast. And, and believing in us. Yes, thank you. Because oh. without you, we would not be here. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, gosh, you're very kind. Well, you know what? You were easy to believe in, and it was truly my honor and and, and pleasure and privilege to um, share with the universe about your amazing podcast. And I, I'm kind of proud. I've been, you know, one of your very first fans. Um, I feel like I need like a, a, a patch or a pin or something. Okay. Like, yeah, that's I think. Yeah, we'll work on getting that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> We'll make some I'm with the pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. Thank you. And speaking of anniversaries, I know you have uh, 
quite a few anniversaries this year that are very big. So we'll get into that. So thank you again for being on our podcast. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. So you grew up in a Disney family with your parents working at Walt Disney World. How did your childhood experiences shape your passion for acting and what led you to pursue it as a career? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, um, I just got back from Walt Disney World, like right before I recorded this podcast right now. I was there just about an hour ago um, and we had the opportunity to ride Tron, uh, a sneak preview of Tron before it opens. And so that's why I've got my hat on, my braids, and I was, you know, I've been in a theme park and it's already been like the best day ever. Um, but I got to go with my parents and my husband's family. You know, we're two just big Disney families. Um, my dad was a Disney cast member. So I, I grew grew up right here in Orlando, Florida. And um, you could definitely say that I grew up Disney. And there was always lots of opportunities, um, like what we had today, to do a ride preview. There was always cool opportunities for cast members and their families. And one of them was I got to go to a taping of the Mickey Mouse Club um, back when I was eight years old. And that's when I fell in love with acting. I... Um, that's when it clicked for me. And I realized that these kids that I watched in my TV um, and on the Disney channel, that they were kids just like me. And if they could do it, then I could do it too. And so from that moment on, I knew I wanted to be an actress and it was my dream to be on the Disney channel. And I took advantage of all of the opportunities that were in Orlando as I grew up as a kid um, between, you know, theater, but also a lot of television. Um, since there was other theme parks here as well as Disney, we had Disney, SeaWorld, Universal. I had the chance to film some TV shows and commercials and build up a resume before I eventually moved to LA and pursued acting full time. And I was able to make my dream come true. Uh, to be on the Disney Channel and play Muffy on That's So Raven. And then that led me to be Ahsoka in Star Wars. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we, we do understand that you did. In order to pursue your career in acting, you had to move to L.A. And as you said already, that you one of your first big breaks when you got to L.A. was working on That's So Raven uh, for the Disney Channel. And that is celebrating a 20-year anniversary this year. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, it's so funny. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that all of the anniversaries were aligning, but um, that is really exciting. Uh, yeah. That's so Raven really was my dream come true. It was a, a childhood dream, a lifelong dream. When I moved to LA, I, I didn't really care about winning an Oscar. I just wanted to be on the Disney channel. So to have the opportunity to play Muffy on that. So Raven really was, um, just an incredible dream. But I remember, um, you know, we filmed that So Raven in front of a live audience, just like the Mickey Mouse Club filmed in front of a live audience when I was a kid. And, you know, when I was a kid, I looked up to all of the, you know, the Mouseketeers, the actors that were on the TV show. I looked up to them as role models. And then when I found myself on the set of that So Raven, and I was watching all of the kids in the audience, I realized the importance of my role. I realized that those kids were looking at me as a role model. And I take that very, very seriously. 
And as that So Raven ended, I made a wish. And I made a wish that one day I would get to play uh, a, a good character, a positive character, a hero, a character that would be a positive role model and a character that would make a difference in people's lives. And little did I know that Ahsoka Tano was right around the corner. So you've been playing the role of Ahsoka for 15 years now. What initially drew you to the character and how did you prepare for the role? <clears throat> well, fortunately for me, um, Ahsoka Tano was, was different than really any other role I had ever played. You know, as an actress, you usually play roles that are very different from you. Um, for example, a lot of my first roles in L.A., I played the mean girl. You know, on That's a Raven, I was Muffy. She was one of the school bullies, but she never got her way. You know, that was that was the thing. She always got in trouble for how she treated people. Um, but I also played a mean girl on uh, Drake and Josh. I played a mean girl on that 70s show. I was very much typecast as, you know, the mean girl. And so I would always tell people when I would meet them and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you're that girl from That's So Raven. I'd always say, well, yeah, but I promise I'm not mean like my character. <laughs> um, so when Ahsoka came around, you know, I didn't speak out the audition. Um, I had an agent and the agent called me the night before the audition. And he said, hey, you have an audition tomorrow for the new Star Wars cartoon. And um, he's like, you know, they want you to audition for Padme. And I was instantly excited and then instantly terrified because I wanted I, I wanted it so bad because I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. But I realized I sounded nothing like Padme because they wanted somebody to sound exactly like Natalie Portman. So I had one night to practice. And so I practiced almost all night. And sadly, the next morning, um, I just didn't sound like Padme. But I thought, you know what? I'll just go to the audition. Well, I'll go to the audition. And there was about 100 other actresses. And they were all very accomplished. They were a lot of actresses that, you know, very famous people that I knew. And I became really intimidated. And I'm usually a very positive person. But that day, I let my fear overtake me. And I actually walked out of the audition. And I got into my car. I put the keys in the car. And I called my agent. And I said, look, you know, they're running a bit behind on this audition. And I still don't sound anything like Padme. And all the top actresses are there. I have no shot at this role. And I said, I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to go home. And fortunately, um, I listened to my agent. He said, Ashley, please listen to me. He said, whatever you do, do not leave. Please go back in there and, and do the audition because you never know what could happen. So I go back in. Um, I wait about an hour. Finally, it's my turn. I say my first line is Padme, and they stop me. And Dave Filoni says, no, you know, you don't, you sound too young to be Padme, but there's this new character that we're auditioning for. She's a 14-year-old girl, and we think you might be right for her. And so 
through a series of auditions, um, I ended up getting the part. And at first they wanted Ahsoka to have an Icelandic accent and I couldn't do one. Like I literally, like my Icelandic accent, I thought it was good, but it wasn't at all what Dave Filoni wanted. Um, so when I got the part, I was so confused. I'm like, how did I get this part? And they said, well, you know, we heard you talking in between, you know, takes and we actually liked your regular voice. And, and, and actually you'll laugh at this. One of the biggest reasons I got the part is because, you know, I had really studied my Icelandic accent before the callback and I go in and I say my first line in Icelandic and Dave Filoni stops me again. <laughs> Can you make it sound a bit more Icelandic? And I was at a loss for words because I'm like, I am in Icelandic. What do you want me to do? So I raised my hand and I said, I'm sorry, but I am doing Icelandic. I don't know what you want. <laughs> well, it turns out that got me the part because he wanted, he was looking for somebody that was snippy, but not bratty. And I guess I was snippy, but not bratty. And, um, so when I showed up for my first day of work and I was like, so you don't want Icelandic? And they're like, no, no, no. We just want you to be yourself, use your own voice and bring your own personality to the character. So I feel very fortunate that Ahsoka in so many ways is me because I was asked to bring my own personality to the character. So my own voice, my own sarcasm, my own humor, my own wit, my own heart, my own soul, um, really my own personality completely. And um, and so, yeah, it was different than any other role because for this role, I just got to be myself. Wow. Wait, so Ahsoka was supposed to literally have an Icelandic accent. Yes, yes. That? Ahsoka right. would sound very, very different if I didn't get the part. <laughs> yeah, I cannot picture exactly that, I right. Yeah, I, I'm so glad they made the right decision to use your voice because your voice is you just you know, sound like a so exactly right. Oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> I mean, it'd be weird if you guy. didn't. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's it. You can't have it any other way. That's the voice. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> and you created this beloved character in Star Wars. Um, have how have you seen the character evolve and grow? over the years that you played her? And what do you think made her so popular with the fans? Well, you know, I, I shared I shared this story quite a bit and I'm always shocked how many people don't realize this. And this, this credit goes to Dave Filoni and, and the entire writing staff here. <coughs> Ahsoka was written to be the eyes of the audience. So as you're watching the Clone Wars, you're supposed to experience it through Ahsoka's eyes. So in many ways, Ahsoka is the audience and the audience is Ahsoka. And so therein starts the connection. I think that's why instantly people, you know, feel for Ahsoka. Um, but I feel so fortunate that we've had so much time to develop Ahsoka over the years. I mean, here we are 15 years later and we're still telling her story. So she's had more character development than most of the characters in Star Wars. And we've really had the chance to watch her grow up. And her arc has been so interesting because 
she was snippy in the beginning. She was a bit bratty in the beginning. Um, she made mistakes. She wasn't perfect. And so she had quite the arc and the journey to go on. Um, I often say if a character's perfect in the beginning, they wouldn't be very interesting. So the fact that, you know, she wasn't perfect and she had a lot to learn and, and, you know, she had a lot of growth, um, made her so much more interesting, but then something happened and I, I saw the shift happen, um, pretty noticeably after season five, um, when Ahsoka walked away from the Jedi order, fans all over the world found that so relatable. I think everyone, you know, really related to Ahsoka from the fact of like, you know what? She's creating her own path. Um, she's starting her own journey. Uh, and, and so many people, you know, had situations in their own life where they're like, you know what? I'm going out on my own for the first time, or I'm walking away from a toxic situation. Um, or, you know, I, I thought that was my dream. And then I realized it wasn't. And it's okay to change my dream because Ahsoka did that too. And I've heard so many stories of how that moment really changed and in many cases saved people's lives. And um, from that point on, I feel like Ahsoka went from a character that people watched to a character that people lived. And I say lived purposefully because Ahsoka now I feel like lives on in all of us, like the lessons that, you know, we've learned from her, the wisdom that we've gained from her. Um, she's kind of in our hearts and in our souls and she inspires us. And um, I all the time ask myself, what would Ahsoka do? Because I, I so often think that, you know, Ahsoka would always do the right thing. She would always, you know, um, choose light and hope. And um, so, yeah, Ahsoka inspires me daily. And I know she does for, honestly, millions of fans around the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we do want to talk about that story arc. Um, but I know that recently you attended Emerald City Con. Yes. And you were able to reunite with uh, your uh, castmates for the 50th anniversary, another big anniversary of the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. So I saw you uh, with pictures with Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor and Dee Bradley Baker. Tell us about that moment of, of coming back together and, and seeing your, your castmates again. Oh, it's always such a special moment. You know, we're actually celebrating the 15th anniversary of Clone Wars all year long because yeah. we kind of have two 15th anniversaries. Um, we have when Clone Wars came out in movie theaters in August of 2008. And then when Clone Wars came to Cartoon Network in October of 2008. So it's kind of like when you have a birthday and you just celebrate all month long. Um, we're just going to celebrate, you know, the 15th anniversary of Clone Wars all year long. And um, we really got to kick it off in an exciting way in um, Seattle at Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, Dee Bradley Baker was there, Matt Lanter, James Arnold Taylor. And, you know, we are truly like our characters. We all get along so well. We love each other. We are a family. And when we see each other, you know, for example, D, it's probably been a year and a half since I've seen him, but it felt like yesterday. 
Um, we pick up where we left off. We have each other's backs. We laugh. We cry. Um, and we're just there for each other. We, sh- we show up for each other. And so just like Ahsoka, you know, did, as we saw in the final season of Clone Wars, um, you know, for for Anakin and Obi-Wan and Captain Rex, um, we do that for each other. And it was really special. And we look forward to um, traveling quite a bit together this year. We have several more conventions together coming up. Do you have any favorite moments or any favorite memories behind the scenes of working with your castmates on Clone Wars? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, You know, some of my favorite memories are from inside the recording studio. Um, In between takes, we were always laughing. Oh, my gosh. Always laughing, always joking around, telling stories. Um, And sadly, those moments were, were rarely ever filmed. So they, they kind of just live on in our memories. Um, but I one of my favorite memories is uh, Disney Star Wars Weekends. We did that for seven years. And we had a Clone Wars and then eventually Star Wars Rebels inspired Star Wars animation show. And um, we all got to come to Orlando, Florida. And we all got to play at Disney World together. Our families would come we would ride rides together, go to Disney restaurants together. We got to be in parades together. Um, and those memories are just so special. So, um, and that was in many ways, actually it was before Disney bought Star Wars. So, um, you know, the, the relationship with Disney goes way back, you know, even before Disney bought Star Wars. And it's it's one that's been very, very special to us. Mm-hmm. So, talking about the anniversary of the Clone Wars episodes, The Wrong Jedi. So, that was <clears throat> 10 years ago, March 2nd. And that was the last four episodes of season five of The Clone Wars, where basically Ahsoka is helping Anakin investigate the Jedi Temple. But when she talks to the prime suspect, and the prime suspect ends up, you know, kicking the bucket. Ahsoka's to blame, apparently. And even though the evidence is stacked against her, eventually, the Jedi do figure out that it wasn't her, but by then, damage was done. So Ahsoka already left. So that that was probably one of the most relatable, but also one of the saddest Clone Wars arcs. Yeah. So when you were, were you given advance notice as to what was going to happen to the character, or did you find out when you read the script? So I completely agree with you that it's one of the the, the saddest, uh, you know, most devastating arcs. Um, but it's also, you know, the season five finale is my favorite Ahsoka moment of all. Um, and I think it's just because of what it represents and, and what it stands for. In my opinion, I think in many ways it saves her life. Um, but it also forces her on a new path which eventually, you know, is the path that she needs to be on to become who she eventually becomes. And she starts a rebellion. And obviously we're going to, we're going to find out so much more with the Ahsoka series. Um, Again, I don't know anything about the Ahsoka series, but I just, as a fan, the little bit that I do know, um, which we all know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited for it. So, um, but going back to that arc, 
Oh my gosh. I, I, now I'm, I forgot your, your question. Ask me. No, that's, that's fine. No. Um, were you told ahead of time oh, yes, about what was going to happen to the character? Okay. Or did you read it in the script? Yeah. And quick note, you should make a cameo in the Ahsoka series. Just <laughs> pop up for no reason. Just like walk in the background. That would just be one of the best cameos in the history it would of be, cameos. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. since Stan Lee. That oh. would just be one there of the go. best cameos. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you. I'll, I will tell you what. It would be a dream come true to have a cameo in the Ahsoka series. Um, I, I don't have one in this first season. Um, I, I can confirm that. I did get to go visit the set and it was amazing. Um, but I did not film a cameo that day because I don't want I don't want to get people excited and then, you know, they don't they don't see it. But uh, Keith, I mean, if you want to tell Dave Filoni that he should give me a cameo, I, I, I feel like I feel like he's he would listen to you. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty hard to say no to you, Keith. <laughs> You might be right, Ashley. I, think, uh, I, I, yeah. I agree. So yeah. um, yeah. I, I, I am hard to say no to. Yeah. Dad, you can testify to that. that really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yes. I don't know Hello. if this will have a season two yet. I hope so. Um, but if it does, then um, my fingers and toes are crossed that I'll get to do a cameo in that season. Wonderful. But going back to the season five finale. So... I did know ahead of time what was going to happen, um, mm -hmm. but that doesn't always happen. So for for that arc, Dave did give me a heads up because, you know, the, the show, we didn't know it was going to be canceled. So we were already like practically done with season six by the time that they canceled it. Um, so he wanted to let me know that Ahsoka would be walking away and that I wouldn't really be in season six. So ahead of time, I knew what the, the storyline was going to be about. But what people are often surprised to find out about is that we didn't really get our scripts much in advance. Um, usually we got our scripts 24 hours in advance. And sometimes we got our script as we walked in the door. So there's <laughs> not much time to practice. Um, oftentimes, especially if you got it when you walked in the door, you only had time to read it once and then you were performing it. So I share that because one of the number one questions I get all the time um, from fans is, you know, they want to know how can they be a voice actor? Um, and and I, I say voice acting is just acting, you know, whether it's uh, on camera or on stage or behind a microphone, it's all the same craft. It's all the same acting. It's just your technique is a little bit different. But um, with voice acting, especially, there's no rehearsal. Like you just get your script and you have to perform it. So in acting, that's what we call a cold read. Um, a cold read is when you get the script and then you immediately have to perform it. And for voice acting, you have to be really good at cold reads. You have to be able to be handed a script and immediately perform it. So that's one thing I tell you know, actors that want to get into this, this line of work is to just constantly practice, like have, just pick up a script and then you have to perform it right away. And, um, that's kind of what we did. I, I think I had, you know, I, I know I had at least 24 hours to practice for the, the wrong Jedi, but I, I don't think I had much more time than that. And that's how it was every episode. And 
I kind of want to be casted in like a Star Wars show. That'd be so much fun. That would like, be cool. Whether it's live action or voice acting, wouldn't that just be so much fun? That would be awesome. To just to just like say some lines. Yeah. 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 Well, you never know. If that's your dream. Yeah. Why not? You know what I say? You have to throw your dreams out into the universe. You have to take them out of your head and say them out loud. And then once you say them out loud, then it becomes real. So I believe that you can be in a Star Wars show. Um, and, you know, just like your dad said, I think it'll happen. So you just got to throw throw it out there and, and work hard and work towards it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And I just wanted to get back to the wrong Jedi. The day that you recorded the episode, um, how difficult was it to record that episode and how did you get through it? Uh, I was very emotional that day. You know, Dave Filoni had had warned me. He said, look, this is going to be a really emotional day. This is going to be a really hard episode. And so, you know, I was dreading it. I was dreading it in for so many reasons. I was dreading it because I knew it would be emotional. I knew that it would be challenging. But I also knew that it would be my last recording session in a long time because I think, you know, there's usually 22 episodes in a season and I don't think Ahsoka came back until like episode 18. So that's about a year's worth of recording. And so I knew I was going to be away from my Star Wars family for a year. And that made me incredibly sad. So I used some of those real emotions where I was sad that I was kind of walking away from my Star Wars family. You know, Ahsoka was going through the same thing. Um, so in many ways, it was life imitating art. And um, those were, it was real sadness. It was um, real devastation for sure. And, and it was a sad day. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that day. I, I remember what I wore. I even remember kind of my heart pounding. Um, I have very vivid memories from that day. All right. So we have quite the kicker right now. Okay. What if Ahsoka never left the Jedi Order? What if she could have saved Anakin for turning to the dark side? I mean, you're trying to get me in trouble with Dave Filoni, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I always hesitate answering any kind of story questions because, you know, I, I never wrote any of the episodes. Um, people ask me that a lot. And I, I never wrote anything. We, you know, we have an amazing, we've always had an amazing writing team and, um, and you know, led by Dave Filoni. And uh, they just write incredible stories for Ahsoka and all of the characters. Um, but I will say this as a fan, you know, I, I often ask Dave, um, you know, did Ahsoka think that she could have saved Anakin? Um, and I think so. I mean, Ahsoka, I think, had a tremendous amount of guilt for walking away. Um, I, as we've seen, I mean, I, I don't think Ahsoka believed for the longest time what, what Anakin became. Um, you know, obviously, we, we all saw the face-off with Vader where she's like, I'm no Jedi. Um, uh, you know, that scene is devastating. And I think that's when she finally realizes that, oh, my gosh, yes, Anakin is gone. Um, so 
I think she harbors a tremendous amount of guilt. But as I said, in my opinion, I think had she stayed, I don't think she would have lived. I think the fact that she walked away was in part the reason that she survived. Um, and then we also see in Tales of the Jedi, um, her incredible training uh, led to the fact of how she was able to survive. I mean, that was incredible to see that short. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if that fully answers your question. Like I said, I hesitate answering story because sometimes when I say it, people take it as canon. Yeah. And then, um, and then next thing I know, Dave Filoni is calling my phone saying, Eckstein, why are you saying <laughs> stories? And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just yeah. being a fan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, <laughs> we always have scenarios in our head of, well, what if this happened or that happened? Um, do you have a, what about your answer to that question? Do you think Ahsoka would have been able yes. to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Because one of the reasons Anakin turns to the dark side is because he had literally nothing left. Because his mm. mother passed away. His Padawan left him. And all he had was Padme and tried to protect her. That didn't go over well. So I think if Ahsoka stayed, maybe maybe she could have talked Anakin off the ledge he was about to jump off of. Mm. That's like very talked him down from, you know, mm -hmm. just literally destroying the entire Jedi right. Order. But now that you brought it up, Ashley, you have a very good point about, you know, I, I guess for, uh, yeah, if if Ahsoka was uh, thinking about, not thinking about herself and wanting to save Anakin, yes, that's possible. But as far as Ahsoka, you're right. She was in danger, and she could have lost her life. And yeah. I, I, because of the, the the trust that was broken between her and the Jedi, I, I I think she'd be looking over her shoulder every single time because she didn't know who to trust anymore. Uh, you know, Ahsoka was this little girl, 14 years old, and the Jedi was her family. And if you don't trust your family members, I mean, what's left? You know? So yeah, imagine. Yeah, because I trust you guys, but like, just imagine. Like uh, familial dynamics. Um, let's say, for example, you ate an entire pack of Oreos that everyone else in your family wanted, and they decided to put you on trial for the Oreos. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and then everyone pulled out their grudge wigs and yeah. their best court suits and sued you for that. Yeah. And then they found out you didn't eat the Oreos. Your brother did. So they put your brother on trial. Right. And they're like, we're sorry. You'd be like, yeah, but you already had that emotional damage, right? Because you, you were just trying to something. sue me for eating a pack of Oreos. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that episode, I don't know what your reaction was when you saw the final product, Ashley, but it just how it happened. Like the Jedi had no plans to even support Ahsoka. You know? Yeah. And then they were like, then they took a playbook. They put. They took something out of Frasier. They were like, "Good news! It was just a test." Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There, there was. Yeah. No support. It was a political decision on the Jedi's part to uh, accuse you of this crime you didn't commit because that's what the Republic said. Well, you were there, so you must have done it. Um, and then when you went through the Jedi tribunal, and the way it's. If you think of the set, I mean, you have Ahsoka on this platform, in you know, shackles. The, right? You're in, on this platform, all by herself, you have this big spotlight on her, 
And then you and have the Jedi the surrounding her. And, you know, you can hear their voices reverberate throughout they're that, literally that hall. standing right. over her. I mean, and they're in a position as if they're gods. You know, they're looking down at her like, in a condescending they're way. They're basically levitating. Yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah. we it, are powerful. Right. Yeah. Because they're the Jedi High Council. Yeah. Imagine if Ahsoka was part of the Jedi High Council. Yeah, I, I think it was a, a, a clear abuse of power on the Jedi's part. So, of course, you know, anyone in that position would have walked away. And then, you know, when they found out that, you know, it wasn't Ahsoka who committed the crime and, you know, they had that conversation at the end. Oh, you passed your test or you did great. Oh, well, like, you know, that's that's the true makings of a, of a, of a true Jedi I mean, knight. Like, you just try to throw yeah. me in jail. Yeah. After all I've just been through, and then you tell me I got an A plus on a test that didn't exist. Right. Yeah. So it I'm was gonna too little go. Too late. You are crazy. Exactly. So that's it, what I would have done. I, yeah. I just or or nah, I just would have walked out. Yeah. But I would have took I, my lightsabers with me. <laughs> In fact, I would. Well, you, you, you know what would have been funny to just shoplift Yoda's lightsaber and then just walk out the door. <laughs> Okay. And then as I jump onto a speeder, I'll be like, hey, Yoda, by the way, um, I picked this up from your dry cleaning. I think you might need this. And then just jump. Okay. <laughs> so Keith has rewritten this, this, yeah. this episode, the wrong I mean, Jedi. So. I like, wrong I like your storyline. I mean, yeah. I, I will say, I do remember asking Dave, um, I said, did Ahsoka make the right decision by walking away? And, you know, he said, well, it was right to her, you yes. know, for her, it was the right decision. Um, and, you know, obviously she, she, she didn't know who to trust. She, she didn't even know to trust herself at the moment because she was so confused. Um, and, you know, everything that she thought she knew wasn't the case anymore. Um, and so she really had to, you know, exit herself from that, that situation uh, just to clear her mind and and figure out who she was and, and what she believed in and what she stood for. Because what she stood for her entire life was shattered, you know, completely. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, I think there is no right or wrong in that scenario, it was right for her. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it was a well written. I mean, the, the all four episodes truly well written. Direction, the acting was just top notch. So that those those episodes are going to stay with Star Wars fans mm -hmm. for many many years. Great television. Yes. This exactly. season, the yes. best. Yes. Um, just want to move on then. Uh, so you have a successful clothing line. Um, what is the story behind her universe? And can you talk about the challenges you faced in launching the brand and how have you seen it grow and evolve over the years? Yes. Yeah, so her universe really started from a place kind of like Ahsoka, where when Ahsoka walked away from the Jedi Order, she had to start over, you know, everything that she thought she knew was was done and gone. And for me, um, I was a full-time actress. And then I had to move with my husband to Toronto, Canada. And he used to play baseball. And at the time, he was playing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, as an actress, 
you can't just go and start working in another country. You have to get a work visa to work in that country. And I couldn't get a work visa. So I, I literally could not work. And I couldn't be in LA because I needed to be with my husband um, and wanted to be there. Uh, he had had several injuries. And so I was going with him to doctor's appointments and, and really helping him. Um, so all of a sudden, I found myself in LA. And I'm, I'm sorry, all of a sudden, I found myself in Toronto. And all of my managers and agents in LA dropped me. Um, they said, if you're not in LA, you're not auditioning. If you're not auditioning, you're not making us money. And if you're not making us money, then you're no good to us. And I was devastated. I all of a sudden found myself in Toronto, Canada with nothing. Um, fortunately, I was still the voice of Ahsoka Tano. But keep in mind, at that point, Clone Wars hadn't even come out yet. So I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that Ahsoka would be what she is today. I didn't know that Clone Wars would have lasted for, you know, five seasons and then Star Wars Rebels. I didn't know any of that. So, you know, of course, I was really sad. Uh, but then I'm a pretty positive person, as I mentioned earlier. And so instead of focusing on what I couldn't do, I, def I decided to focus on what I could do. And um, that's when I got the idea to kind of start a clothing line for female fans. And it really started from a place of, I wanted Star Wars clothes made for me and they didn't exist. And so after going shopping and coming up empty handed, I did some research and I found out that 45% um, of all sci-fi and fantasy fans were women and girls and 85% of consumer purchases were being made by women. And so I thought, well, I'm not a mathematician, but these numbers are not adding up. If you make us stuff, we will buy it. But I also read story after story of women and girls who are being bullied and being bullied terribly for just being a Star Wars fan. And I thought, this is no way to live. We all know that being a Star Wars fan is a part of you. It's literally a part of your identity. And so to not be able to be who you are is really, really sad and really damaging. So I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about fashion or licensing or trademarking. Um, but I asked myself, what would Ahsoka do? And my answer was that Ahsoka would stand up for fangirls. And so here I was sitting on my couch in Toronto, Canada. And I said, well, I can start a business. I have a laptop and I have a cell phone and I can do that. And so that's what I did. I um, started working on her universe and I eventually founded and opened her universe uh, in June of 2010. And it's a clothing line. It started out just for female fans, but now we do apparel for everyone. We do apparel for women and girls, men and boys. We do unisex clothing. Um, we we do all sorts of uh, shirts, pants, dresses, uh, but we also do bags and accessories. So uh, it's really grown. And now we do more than just Star Wars. We do clothes for Marvel, Disney, DC, um, Harry Potter, uh, Doctor Who, you know, all a lot of sci-fi, fantasy, and just kind of fandom properties. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. 
So let's talk about Star Wars Mindful Matters. You're also the host of that show, a series of shorts that teach meditation and good mental health to younger viewers. What inspired you to become involved with this project and how do you hope it'll impact young audiences? Well, this project started with an idea that I had years ago. Um, You know, whenever I would do autograph signings or meet and greets, oftentimes the number one question from kids is they would ask me how they could be a Jedi just like Ahsoka. And, you know, oftentimes that, or they used to have Jedi training at Disney world where you could learn how to fight with your lightsaber, but lightsaber training is only one part of the Jedi training. Um, when we actually watch Luke Skywalker uh, and Yoda train in Star Wars, the empire strikes back, we see that a huge part of Luke's training was his training of the mind. And I've been so inspired by all of the mental lessons that I've learned from Star Wars. And so oftentimes those would be the lessons that I would share to kids when they would come up and talk to me, you know, lessons of patience, lessons of um, just being present and focused on the right here and right now, Um, lessons of just connecting with your breath, deep breathing. Um, and you know, there's so many lessons that we learn throughout Star Wars that are truly lessons of the mind. And so I wanted to do a video series where those lessons are taught because oftentimes it's, it's just like, we're so focused on, um, lightsaber training. Like we hear Jedi training and we think lightsabers. So, I thought, you know, there's there's still such a stigma around our mental health, and there shouldn't be. Our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Um, but sometimes if, if you're just told like, okay, let's do this mindfulness breathing, breathe in, breathe out. Well, sometimes, you know, it's not as easy to focus on that. But if you think you're training to be a Jedi, because that's exactly what Luke learns or Ray learns. So you breathe in, breathe out, and then say, I am one with the force and the force is with me. When you put it in Jedi training, it it, it just makes me so much more interested in doing it. And so that's what I wanted to share. It's like, these are lessons that our favorite heroes, you know, Luke Skywalker, Rey, Ahsoka Tano, Anakin Skywalker, they all had to learn these lessons too. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to share some of the same lessons that our favorite Star Wars heroes learn. Um, and I <coughs> all of the lessons directly from the story. And then we just paired them with uh, clinically based mindfulness exercises. I worked with Nationwide Children's Hospital and, um, and, and that's it. They're two to three minute videos. Um, they're on starwarskids.com and you can do them super quickly. And they're meant to be exercises that you do daily or weekly, you know, whenever you feel um, sometimes nervous or anxious or overly excited uh, or, or you need help. Um, there's all sorts of, of reasons to do these videos and exercises. So thank you for asking me. Yeah, I've seen you do these exercises, these lessons in person uh, at conventions. Are you still doing that? 
I am going to do them in person at Star Wars Celebration in London. So I'm really excited. I will be doing them, I think, three out of the four days. And so um, I'll be on the, the Star Wars Kids stage. But I want to be careful to say these uh, lessons and, and these videos are not just for kids. They're for all ages. I mean, Star Wars is for all ages. So it was important to me to put them on StarWarsKids.com so parents and teachers and child life specialists knew that they were safe for kids and appropriate mm -hmm. for kids, but they're actually appropriate for everyone. Yeah. And, and it's a good starting point for kids because they get to learn about the importance of mental health and physical health at a very young age. And yes. that carries them, hopefully, throughout their adult years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Jedi. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've been just like you've had a bit of a cough, you know, yeah. our brains can have a bad day too. Our brains can get sick. And that's yeah. okay. You know, I hope we get to a point where we talk about it as openly as like you would just tell someone that you have a cold. You know, we can tell someone that, hey, you know, we're we're kind of our, our brains, we're not feeling well right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, feeling really anxious or, you know, I, I, I'm having some dark thoughts and, and that's okay. I hope we get to a point where we can talk about it as easily as that, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's all sorts of ways to address it and treat it and it shouldn't be feared. Um, and with the right help, uh, you can bounce back from having a, a bad day, just like you can bounce back from having a cold. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, do you have any future projects you could tell us about that you're excited about? Ooh, well, I am working on one right now. Um, it is a new story. So it's not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars at all. Um, it's a new sci-fi and fantasy story. Uh, but if you like Star Wars and if you like Ahsoka, you're going to love this story. So um, I actually am the voice of the lead character. And um, I just cannot wait to share it with everyone. It's a little early. So we're probably about uh, a year, year and a half away before you're actually going to hear it. Um, but it is an audio drama. And um, I'm very excited about it. And not only will I get to star in it, but I'll get to be a co-creator and an executive producer. So, so stay tuned. I love audio stories, so that's great. Yeah, wonderful. You're talking to this man who has like the original radio. I go back. From a New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back. I go way back. Yeah, I, he I, has I, those. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, when we they premiered the uh, NPR Star Wars radio drama back in the day. Oh, Dad and, loves them. Yeah, those are great. So oh, yeah, I'm he cherishes cool. those things. He cherishes them more than butter cookies. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, I love your comparisons, Keith. This is uh, the same man who single-handedly keeps the butter cookie industry alive. Okay, <laughs> we don't need to go into that. Okay, it's All right. true. Though. I okay. love it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll we see you in Philadelphia this year. Will you be at the Fan Expo this year? Oh, sadly, I won't be uh, oh, at Philadelphia okay. Fan Expo this year, um, but but hopefully next year. Okay. So, okay. Uh, you never know, but I so enjoyed my time. Uh, at, um, I love doing any Fan Expo shows, so yeah. um, hopefully next year I'll be back. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else? Do you want to? No. Okay. I think that's it. All right. Ashley, this has been a true pleasure. Uh, it's... it's 
you, you don't know how important you are to us. And, you know, yeah. we just really appreciate that you took the time. You're very busy. We know that. And you took the time to speak to us. So we're going to cherish this moment. So thank you once again for being on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank yeah. you for having me. Congratulations on your two-year anniversary. And thank you for being a force for good, bringing hope and joy and happiness um, to so many fans, including myself. So yeah. it was truly my honor um, to, to be on your show and right. may the force be with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it seems like a silly question to ask, but we asked this of all of our guests. Where can people find you? <laughs> well, you know, that is a great question because um, uh, I only have one social channel that's that's no. me. And so it's just on Instagram. So just at Ashley Eckstein. So it's my name spelled exactly as is. And that's my personal channel. And that's it's run by me. So it's just me. And that's where I update everyone on where I'm going to be and what I'm doing and any any new announcements. Um but uh, I do have some cool designs like this hat um, that has like the fulcrum symbol uh, around it. And it says Star Wars and Oribesh. Um, I have some products that I've designed for Disney. So if you like go to shop Disney or the Disney parks, it's just designed by Ashley Eckstein. Or you can go to heruniverse.com and follow her universe for, um, for all sorts of cool uh, fandom clothing and, and also cool events. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Keith, where can people find us? So you can find us wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to listen to us, our website is fathersandgalaxy.com. Our merch store is fathersandgalaxy.mysportshop.com. We don't sell this one anymore, I don't think. But we do sell dad's sweatshirt. So that one's pretty cool. And we also sell stuff like mugs, cups, little travel stuff, hats. We sell literally everything. All right. And kitchen sinks. Okay. Right. <laughs> Everything. All right. That's it. And our community page on YouTube. Please check that for weekly updates. Okay. So we let you guys know what happens. Everyone, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yes. Uh, you know, at Follow Galaxy. Wonderful. Okay. All right. I already said the website. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you once again to Ashley Eckstein. Uh, a true pleasure to have you on the podcast. So thank you. Well, one and all, uh, we really enjoy this 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 episode, this moment. So until next time, take care, and, and we will see you again. again.